Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is January 10th, 2023, and our first story Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans have begun stripping Democrats of their power, booting them from committees, saying it's a tit for tat. Nancy Pelosi wanted it to be this way, and now their voice will be removed from the conversation. And then we got a bunch of other stories for you. Tucker Carlson's outraged. The Biden administration was trying to get him censored. Fat phobia described by the Boston Medical Center as intrinsically linked to white supremacy. And in Arkansas, they're actually going to make it illegal to have kids at drag shows. If you like the show, give us a good review and leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Kevin McCarthy kicks Democrats from powerful committee positions. Republican Speaker boots squad member Ilhan Omar from foreign affairs and removes Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell from intelligence. And you got to wonder why those last two were even there to begin with, considering Adam Schiff lied about Russiagate and Eric Swalwell was, so they say, sleeping with a Chinese spy. But it's a tit for tat. It's the game the Democrats wanted to play, and it's a game they will have to abide by. You see, Donald Trump, when he was president, he was able to get three Supreme Court justices confirmed. Why? He only needed a simple majority in the Senate. He didn't need a much larger consensus. The fault lies with Democrats. They wanted to make it easier to get people confirmed, so they did. And then Donald Trump got elected. They must not have thought that was going to happen. They must have thought they were setting themselves up for a major victory with Hillary Clinton to appoint several new members of the Supreme Court. Instead, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. And now, as Kevin McCarthy is booting these people from their committee assignments, basically stripping them of their power, he said, that's the game Nancy Pelosi wanted to play. And I'll take it. I don't think Kevin McCarthy is going to get us too much. I mean, it's symbolic victories. Right now, we have a bill that was just passed in the House. or I'm not sure if it was completely passed in the House. But Republicans voted to strip funding for these 87,000 IRS agents. I call it symbolic. They're telling us they want to do something, but there's no way it's going to pass in the Senate. And even if it did, it would not get past Joe Biden. But at the very least, they're doing something, I guess. But what we really need to see, subpoena power. Now, look, it's great that Kevin McCarthy is booting Democrats from their committee assignments, I guess. A tit for tat that Nancy Pelosi set up, fine. But does it really do much? A little bit, I, I suppose. Strip some power from these individuals. Fine. But here's what we need. 
We just got news. Joe Biden had classified documents at his office. He shouldn't have had these. We were told over and over again by the mainstream media that it was a crime to do so. In fact, Donald Trump's home was raided by the FBI because he had classified documents. Apparently, many of them were just like folders and such, but it doesn't matter. The FBI had to do the raid. But what about Joe Biden? Joe Biden with classified documents. Something needs to be done. And not just about this. If Joe Biden had classified documents in his possession, which is illegal, so the corporate press said, then how is he eligible to to run for office, to be in office? They keep trying to claim that Donald Trump is now ineligible to run in 2024 because he had classified documents. Oh, well, hold on there a minute, buddy. Joe Biden had classified documents from when he was vice president. Where's your argument now? At the very least, all this really means is any kind of legal attempt to stop Trump from running won't work. But we need more. We need to know about Hunter Biden's business dealings. We need to know about how Joe Biden was involved. What's this about 10% for the big guy? Who's a big guy? Joe Biden? That's where subpoena power comes in. So while it's all fancy and great that Kevin McCarthy is booting Democrats, these, to me, symbolic and virtue signals. Because we're not going to stop the IRS. That's not getting past the Senate. And booting people from committees may feel good. But until we actually see some hard subpoenas filed, until we actually see action, I remain skeptical. Now, apparently, there's going to be a committee on the weaponization of government. I think Jim Jordan is going to be heading that one up. Okay, but do I really trust these people? I don't. You know, I do trust the Freedom Caucus. I like Matt Gates. Let's see what he can do. Though, I got to be honest, I have to wonder if Kevin McCarthy is going to seek some kind of revenge against Gates for Gates standing up to him. But let's read this news. Look into what's going down with the Democrats, why they're just so angry. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, click that join us button to sign up. Our members only content is ready and waiting. We've got a huge library of members only content from this past several years, uncensored, not so family friendly, plus the Cast Castle vlog, Tales from the Inverted World. You know it, you love it. And more importantly, supporting us, being a member, it's about the cultural endeavors. We are setting up a coffee shop. We are setting up a skate shop and game shop. It's kind of like one big community hub. And, uh, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. This Saturday, I will be in D.C. at Freedom Plaza skating around, having a good time. So come hang out. No event, nothing planned, nothing official. Just literally, I'll be there. And it'll be fun to see you there, too. Why? Because we are going to assert ourselves in cultural spaces. We are going to push back against the woke cult. And we are going to be like, dude, I'm here to mind my own business. We're going to set up physical spaces, cafes, coffee shops, game shops, so that people can come hang out, share ideas in the real world, and we will not back down. Become a member at TimCast.com. Smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Let's get into that story from the Daily Mail. They report, Kevin McCarthy will make good Republican threats to kick Democratic representatives Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell off the Intelligence Committee, as well as blocking Ilhan Omar from serving on the Foreign Affairs Committee. The move is likely payback for former Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi stripping GOP representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar from their committee assignments during the 117th Congress. Republicans warned that Democrats would regret down the road deciding to dictate who serves on what committees. 
If operating under usual precedent, Democratic Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries would offer their names to the respective committees and McCarthy would approve. Speaker McCarthy, however, told Punchbowl News that he's already made the case against all three far left. I love how they say that far left representatives earning spots on these high profile committees. Quote, it's not like it's anything new, McCarthy said. Remember, this is what Nancy Pelosi, this is the type of Congress she wanted to have. Well, okay. All right. I like what Kevin McCarthy is doing here. So I'm willing to say, okay, let's see what you got. He's putting up against, I thought he was going to be like, now slow down there, Democrats. We got to play by the rules. Symbolic victory. I'll take it for now. Quote, Swalwell can't get a security clearance in the private sector. He added of his fellow California lawmaker. I'm not going to give him a government security clearance. He continued. Schiff has lied too many times to the American public. He should not be on Intel. All three lawmakers say they haven't engaged in wrongdoing and should not be removed from their committees. However, Swalwell has faced questions over his ties to a Chinese spy named Fang Fang. Yeah, a lot of people say Fang Fang. It's Fang Fang. Okay. The woman helped Swalwell raise money for his 2014 campaign. And while the California Democrats said he cut all ties to the alleged spy, it was shown that he remained friends with her on a Facebook on Facebook long after an FBI briefing on her ties to China. Omar, for her part, has shared a slew of anti-Semitic comments and sentiments which were even criticized by other Democrats. But I'm going to pause there and say Ilhan Omar's statements were crop dusting anti-Semitism, as I call it, meaning she didn't come out and explicitly insult Jewish people. She just got that plane real low to the ground. You know this, you know, you know how crop dusters, they get real close to the crops and then spray them down. That's what it was like. She was talking about dual loyalties and saying it's all about the Benjamins, things like that. And it was like she was getting real close now, a lot of people outright just said straight up anti-Semitism, but I'm like, she didn't explicitly say stuff about Jewish people. She just played into these tropes. So take it for what it is. They're going to say after the rules package passed Monday night, the next big fight is shaping up to be a partisan brawl on the floor regarding committee assignments. Following more than a week of Republican bickering and chaos over who should be speaker and what rules should govern the House of the in the 118th Congress. It took 15 rounds of voting last week for Republicans to finally decide that they were okay with handing McCarthy the speaker's gavel. McCarthy has been vowing since 2021 to block Swalwell, Schiff, and Omar from spots on the Intelligence and Foreign Affairs Committee. Multiple Democratic leadership sources claim that the plan is still to, is to still name Schiff and Swalwell to Intel and Omar to Foreign Affairs, according to Punchbowl. The Democrats can say that. But if McCarthy is coming out and outright saying, ain't gonna happen, then I'm not going to take the word of the minority party that doesn't have the authority on the matter. Meanwhile, Republicans will place Green, Gosar, and the latest controversial GOP reps George Santos to committees. Democrats who are now in the minority can't do anything to stop it. Green was booted off the budget and then education and labor panels in February 2021 over a series of offensive comments she made before being elected to Congress, including pushing conspiracy theories about Jewish people. Lie! That is a lie. That is fake news. Marjorie Taylor Greene made a post about uh, space lasers transferring energy from the surface to satellites, an actual technology proposed. 
Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. She then went on to say, uh, I could be wrong about this, something about if that could be causing temperature fluxes. And she made reference to funding from the Rothschilds. The Rothschilds are people. They have money. She did not explicitly say anything about Jewish people in that regard. I don't know about anything else she posted, but we had her on the show. We talked about it. The Democratic resolution to remove her from, uh, remove her, from her committee was backed by 11 Republicans as well. That's why we don't like the Republicans, right? It's expected that McCarthy will place the Georgia rep on the Oversight and Accountability Committee, among other potential panel assignments. I like it. Look, I don't like Kevin McCarthy. I thought there, there's a lot of people who would have been way better. But I'll take what I can get for the time being. If they start to do something, I just say, OK. Here's what y'all need to understand. There's something about this shadow document. Here, check this out. The, the Guardian reports, House adopts new rules Democrats decry as a ransom note to America. Oh, a ransom note. Okay, I'll take it. What are Republicans up to? Oh, I love it. The shadow document. House Republicans in the dark on McCarthy's shadow document. I love how they try to make things more exciting than they really are. But let's read. This is why I think we've got some good news on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. From Axios, a private document that only some House Republicans have seen and others refuse to talk about could play an outsized role in the governance of the chamber over the next two years. The document contains concessions not included in the rules package passed on Monday night that House Speaker Kevin McCarthy made to rebellious Freedom Caucus members to secure the Speaker's gavel. In other words, Matt Gates, Lauren Boebert, Biggs, the rest of y'all who stood up and said no, they may have won some tremendous concessions, some that have Democrats very, very worried. Me, rather excited. When we saw many people come out and say, in light of negotiations, I vote Kevin McCarthy, it looked like a lot of these guys were really upset. Gosar looked really, really upset. But maybe there's something good in that concession, that they got something from McCarthy. I'm willing to see it. Look, I accept the circumstances we're in. Kevin McCarthy is speaker. Let's now put pressure on on them for real accountability. Marjorie Taylor Greene on oversight. Oh boy, let's get it. File subpoenas. I want to see records, documents, discovery, etc. Let's hear about what Joe Biden was doing, Hunter Biden. I want to hear about 10% for the big guy. Let's get it. They want to go after Trump over the stupid Russia nonsense. Let's play ball. Those members have threatened to kill McCarthy's speakership as swiftly as, the, as they acquiesced to it. If you're an eggs on the handshake agreements, the existence of a secret three page addendum containing the most controversial concessions that McCarthy made in order to get elected, was first reported by Punchbowl News on Monday and confirmed to Axios by multiple GOP aides and members. 
One of those concessions is three set seats set aside for conservatives on the Rules Committee. Oh, boy. As well as representation for them on the Powerful Appropriations Committee. Other McCarthy giveaways include votes on congressional term limits and a select committee on the weaponization of the federal government, a debt limit strategy, and a more open amendment process on appropriation bills. I love to see it. Good job, Freedom Caucus. I'm a big fan. One thing the document doesn't contain, according to the NRCC chair, Richard Hudson, who, ha- who said he's seen it, is promised committee chairmanships for specific, for specific members. No names, just representation on panels. Many of the GOP members Axios spoke to about the private document, the shadow document, said they hadn't seen it, while others who hold leadership positions were notably circumspect about any knowledge they might have of it. Quote, I'm not at liberty to discuss whether I've seen it or not, said Rep. Dusty Johnson, chair of the Main Street Caucus. Asked if the document exists, Rep. Tom Cole of Oklahoma, chair of the Rules Committee, told Axios, I'm sure it exists because I read about it from you guys in the press all the time. It has to be out there. I wonder if he's being a little tongue in cheek. I can respect it. Both Cole and Rep. Kevin Calvert suggested it hasn't been disseminated to all GOP members. I don't know if everybody has received a copy, said Calvert, who said he personally is reviewing it. Wonderful. Rep. Nancy Mace, who briefly threatened to vote against the rules package on Monday before backing down, told Axios, what I am raising hell about is whatever potential backroom deals may have been done. Mace is just so awful. Come on. I have more questions than I do answers, added Mace, who said she plans to stand up and speak about the issue at the GOP conference meeting on Tuesday. Other members, too, said they would like to see they would like to see the text. If it's related to the rules, I'd think that would be that that would be distributed, said Ken Buck. Some members speculated that details of the document could be revealed at the GOP conference meeting on Tuesday morning. Well, interesting. That's today. Bottom line, Carlos Jimenez expressing ambivalence about wanting to see the text of the agreement, told Axios, do you really want to see how the sausage is made? I'm not sure. I do. I want to know exactly what's going on. I want to play stupid games. Well, in the meantime, we've got some symbolic victories, as I mentioned. House Republicans vote unanimously to repeal funding for 87,000 IRS agents. All the Democrats voted to support the IRS. Please, for the love of all that is holy, tell your friends and family the Democrats are outright defending the IRS. Hey, man, I ain't no anarchist. I ain't no hippy dippy, tear down the government kind of guy. I'm not a big fan of taxes, but I recognize why taxes exist. I'm not a big fan of how things played out over the past hundred years with the dramatic increase in taxes, how the manipulation of the public led to more and more of our income being stripped away. But I get it. I understand it. So I'm willing to say this. Yeah, we have an IRS. It's the world we live in. We'll work towards reforming the tax code and fixing it for the American people. But let's start by not expanding it. So how about that argument? You tell your friends and family, look, do you want IRS agents going to your Venmo accounts and looking at your stuff because you spent 600 bucks? Yeah, they're going to come for you. Here's what's going to happen. Mark my words. You'll get a letter in the mail from the IRS and it'll say you owe us $73. You'll get a letter in the mail from the IRS that'll say you owe $436. And you're going to be like, for what? They're not going to audit you. They're not going to tax you more. They're going to track down everything and you will not be able to argue. Why? Well, when they send you a letter saying you owe them 70 bucks, you're going to spend $1,000 hiring a lawyer to fight that? Or are you just going to pay the $70? Exactly. That's the problem with the expanded IRS. Now, here's the issue with this. It's not getting past the Senate. The House just approved its first bill repealing IRS funding. 
Speaker McCarthy said after banging the gavel, promises made. Well, bravo, bravo. I appreciate the sentiment, but I don't think necessarily it's going to do a whole lot. It just feels good. Look, I'll take it. I will take feeling good for the time being, but I want to see some real action. I want to see subpoenas. I want them to bring Bob Yulinsky before the Weaponization of Government Committee and say, tell us about what Joe Biden is doing. Tell us about what Hunter Biden is doing and why the AG is going after people who oppose Joe Biden. I want to see a committee that they, they, they promised this to go after censorship. I want to see YouTube recoil in fear because they've been censoring, because they've been colluding with government unconstitutionally. So let's get it. I don't want to wait around. Let's see it. But in the meantime, we do have some stuff happening. Come on. House Republican files articles of impeachment against DHS Secretary Mayorkas. McCarthy called for Mayorkas to resign in November or face an impeachment inquiry. I like where we're going. The southern border is broken and porous. And that's on Mayorkas. And the Republicans are making their moves. Let's get it. And in the meantime, from the Daily Mail. Mr. President, did you mishandle classified documents? Biden smiles and dodges questions on file discovery again during meeting with Justin Trudeau as report claims they contained information on Ukraine, Iran and the UK. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's very dangerous, especially right now with the war in Ukraine. What documents did he have? Well, Democrats told us time and time again that Donald Trump having classified documents disqualified him from holding office and therefore he could not run in 2024. What does that mean of a sitting president? Are we going to have to impeach him? I think the answer is a cold resounding yes. We have no choice. That's where I don't trust McCarthy. He said we're not going to do it. I want to see it happen. If, if nothing but a symbolic victory, as I've stated before, let's just see it happen. From the Daily Mail, they say Biden, who is in Mexico City for the meeting of the three amigos, ignored questions by reporters. Mr. President, did you mishandle classified documents? Well, my friends, he did. Even CNN, in their desperate defense, admits that he did. And the only thing they have to offer us is, but Donald Trump was worse. Shout out to our good friends over at CNN Politics. They say, there are clear distinctions between the two classified documents cases involving President Joe Biden and former President Trump. Classified documents found Joe Biden under 12, some top secret. He's cooperating. Lawyers found and alerted the archives. Donald Trump, 160 were secret, 60 were top secret. Under investigation for obstruction, FBI search after ignored subpoena. Lies. You see how they do this with their lies? Obstruction. First, let me just say being investigated doesn't mean anything. I could say right now I'm investigating insert political personality for X crime. What does that even mean? He's under investigation. FBI search after he ignored subpoena. Well, our understanding is that his lawyers cooperated. Let them come into his house and then they later raided him without giving an opportunity to cooperate. So spare me the lies, man. The fact remains. Even they must admit Joe Biden had classified documents and as such, by their own arguments, well, certainly he must be ineligible to run for office. Wait, he's currently in office. Ah, we're going to have to impeach him. So uh, let the games begin. Marjorie Taylor Greene, I'm looking at you. 
You know, I had a bunch of Republicans in here and I asked them, should we impeach? Will you impeach Joe Biden? And a whole bunch of them said, yes. <clears throat> okay. Let's get to it. I don't think Kevin McCarthy wants to do it, but I want to see the, I want to see the, the Republicans put some pressure on and just say it's happening. And here's one reason why to do it. Not to mention the Ukraine corruption. We had Rick Santorum on the show. He was sitting just across from where I'm at right now. And he said, no, 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 we can't do this. We can't be the party that does this tit for tat. We got to be. You can't impeach someone for something they did when they weren't president. It's got to be for when they were president. Hey, Rick, I appreciate you coming on the show. It was a great show. I do. My opinion, Joe Biden was engaged in illicit business dealings with his son. 10% for the big for the big guy. We have corroborating evidence and witnesses. And now he's giving billions to Ukraine. Uh oh. Sounds like the corruption is palpable. Sounds like it's going on during his administration while he's actively sitting as president. I think we're going to have to get a uh, hard inquiry in on this one to figure out exactly what's going on and uh, no games. I think there's illicit business dealings happening right now as we speak. Now they're probably panicking and trying to clean things up. Republicans are coming into the House and they got some subpoena power. But I want to see something get cleaned up. From the Daily Mail, a cover up. Republicans ask why discovery of classified documents were not revealed until after the midterms. His GOP demands president get the same treatment as Trump. Oh, boy. That's right. Personal lawyers discovered documents on November 2nd, six days before the vote. Why didn't they uh, announce this publicly? Where's the FBI raid? You see, this is the game they play. Republicans on Tuesday demanded to know why the fact President Joe Biden had classified documents from when he was vice president at his think tank wasn't revealed until after the election, calling it a cover up. Quote, when you cover up something before an election, Republican Rep. Don Bacon of Nebraska told reporters on Capitol Hill, that is probably a point that needs to be highlighted. He said the fact the White House didn't say a darn thing till after the election looks political to me. I completely agree. Here's how the documents were discovered. November 2nd, 10 documents were found while Biden's attorneys were packing up the D.C. think tank office to leave. The files were said to be in a folder inside a locked chest in a box with other unclassified documents. November 8th, the midterm elections see Biden and his party perform better than expected. 18th, the DOJ announces that Jack Smith, former chief prosecutor for the special court in The Hog, will lead an investigation into Trump's storage of classified documents in his Florida home. January 9th. The DOJ announces an investigation has been launched into how the classified documents ended up at Biden's think tank. Biden says he was unaware they were, there were any classified documents being held there. And his supporters point out that his own lawyers handed them over, noting that Trump's team fought to keep hold of his stash. The president has plenary declassification powers. The president decides what is classified and what isn't, not the vice president. So Joe Biden actually is at fault. Donald Trump, not so much. Interesting, however. What did CNN say? Under investigation for obstruction. Hmm. Joe Biden's under investigation, too. Why didn't you include that, CNN? Why are you defending Joe Biden even? It's not like he's popular among liberals. He's just not Trump. So stupid. Y'all need to, like, get with the program. Daily Mail reports, why didn't AG appoint special counsel for Biden when he appointed one for Trump? Merrick Garland kept revelation that classified docs had been found quiet before midterms. 
and afterwards appointed hitman to go after Trump. We need accountability. I'm tired of this man. I don't care. Trump, Biden, whatever. Lock them all up for all I care. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You got people being like, you come out and you say, well, Joe Biden did this. Yeah, but Donald Trump did this. Don't care. Lock him up. Fine. If Donald Trump robbed a bank, I'd say lock him up. If Joe Biden did it too, I'm not going to defend. I'm not going to defend him. I'm telling you right now, lock them all up. Investigate them all. I don't care. Now, I think a lot of what they say about Trump lies. I think many of you probably would agree. But take a look at this. Where's Merrick Garland? The dude wants revenge against Republicans. That's what I think. He wanted to be a Supreme Court justice. He got pushed out by McConnell. Then Trump comes in. And then all of a sudden, three Supreme Court justices. So Garland's getting his revenge. He's allowing protesters to illegally protest at the homes of Supreme Court justices. He's making them suffer. The dude is a psychopath. He's the AG. He could be like, please, you know, arrest these people. And now we have this quite literally as I'm reading this news. Breaking news comes in from the Daily Mail. Trump's longtime CFO, Alan Weisselberg, jailed over tax dodging scheme. And there it is. We knew this was coming. So if after everything we know, the Bidens did flying out Hunter Biden on Air Force Two to China for pri- private equity deals, 10 percent for the big guy. If you don't fire the prosecutor, you're not getting the billion dollars. How many crimes does this man have to commit? It's all right there in front of us. You know what the problem is, I think? Part of it's Donald Trump. He had the opportunity, but he didn't take it. Donald Trump could have gone in when he was president and done some hard changes. Now, I get it. Russiagate jammed him up. Trump didn't know what he was doing. Now, I was talking to Elad Eliyahu. He's a reporter that we, uh, we have here at TimCast.com, field reporter. And he said, personnel is policy. Trump was a neocon. And I laughed and said, you know what, man, you're not wrong. Look, Trump did a lot of good things in terms of foreign policy. So I'm not just going to, you know, let that one slide completely. But bring it on Bolton, among others. I mean, he, he, he brought in a bunch of bad people. Granted, the Russiagate stuff made it very difficult. But Donald Trump needed to purge. He tried. He did. The bureaucrats. We need some kind of constitutional amendment. Man, I wish the founding fathers understood this. I wish they saw this. An amendment that says you cannot work in federal government for longer than, let's say, four years. That's it. So we can get rid of the bureaucratic state. We can't have permanent government employees. That's not the way it should be. But they didn't see it coming. They didn't realize the bureaucracy would grow larger than the republic. They probably just didn't think it was going to happen. How could they have known? They did a great job creating what I would describe as one of the greatest governments, if not the greatest ever built, ever produced. But now we've learned our lessons and we know how to fix a lot of this stuff. We know about the changes that need to be made, notably term limits, if you even call it that, for bureaucrats. Right now, it's basically impossible to fire these people. We've got to fire them. It's time to make a difference in our system and bring the the power back to the people. 
For the time being, where are we at? Joe Biden's clearly committing crimes. His uh, uh, wackadoo ideas are going to make everything worse. Biden administration weighs nationwide ban on gas stoves. What? This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Why? Natural natural gas is great. Because it dudes out of his gourd. Because you will own nothing and you will be happy. I think about stuff like this often. Where we're headed. And I think you can see the pieces laid out now. I, I can't see everything. I don't have access to classified information. But I'll tell you what I think. I think Joe Biden is of the mindset there are too many people. I think it's entirely possible there are too many people. A lot of people have pointed out that uh, the population bomb ideas are wrong. Well, maybe they're wrong only because action was actually taken. There's a meme where they talk about, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Matt Walsh. Someone was like, remember when they were complaining about the ozone layer? What happened with that? And then someone said, we banned CFCs and then the ozone layer repaired itself. Maybe we were on a trajectory for massive population growth. And then we curtailed that with women in the workforce, with birth control, with now transgender uh, identities and things like that, things that reduce population expansion. I think about stuff like that. The problem is these people are liars. I would love to give them the benefit of the doubt and think the planet is at risk and we must do our part. The problem is they're liars. Why should I believe any of them? They come out and they say, look, there's too much CO2. And I say, "Okay, then why are you buying beachfront property? Maybe they're buying beachfront property because they're convinced they can actually mitigate ocean rise. But the ocean rise certainly is real. Trust us. Sorry, guys. If you want to earn trust, you've got to you've got to act in accordance. And I don't trust any of these people, be it Kevin McCarthy, Biden or otherwise. I'll take my symbolic victories and I'll take Kevin McCarthy taking over the House, booting some of these whack jobs out of their committees. Fine. But where do we go in the end? It's going to be up to us. We can talk about Biden. We can complain all day and night, but we must affect the culture. So join me this Saturday in Washington, D.C. at Freedom Plaza. I know I'm saying a lot. I want to make sure you guys come. It's not an event, literally just a big open plaza. And I will be there. Nothing more, nothing less. I'll have my board. I'll be riding around and that's it. No speakers, no tents, nothing. Come hang out and skate. Because it's time we assert ourselves in these cultural spaces and we tell the woke cult no. Because if we don't make a stand in the culture war and we sit back and expect people like McCarthy to come save us, we will lose. And that's the reality. There are people who voted for, for Joe Biden because they didn't know better, because our voices are being silenced. So share this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Go to TimCast.com, become a member. We have to actively be involved and speak out because the laws are less relevant. Do you really think Kevin McCarthy is going to do what what he needs to do, what we need him to do? So far, symbolic. Fine, I'll take it. But in the meantime, as I've now said several times, we must do what we can to impact the culture. So we're going to be setting up coffee shops. We're going to be setting up physical locations, skate companies, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to be showing up and having a presence at all these different skate parks. We're going to be hiring on a team of pro skaters for our skate company. We can afford to pay better than basically any other skate company with your support. And that's the point. I'm talking to these people in culture. They're talking about how they're broke. They're scared to speak up because they'll lose their jobs. That's what we need. We pool our resources. I hire them. I give them the money and say, now you've got nothing to fear. Now you can't be fired. You got a, you got a guaranteed income. Speak. 
or forever hold your peace. I'll leave it there, my friends. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews, 6, 6.15 and 6.30. That's right. I'm bringing out those smaller segments once again as this new year begins. Why? Because it's fun. I also like how I changed the format of these videos. Isn't it a lot better? Thanks for hanging out, everybody. uh, Thanks for being a member and supporting the work we do. You can follow me on Twitter at TimCast, and we will see you all next time. Tucker Carlson is big mad after learning that the White House was trying to censor his show. And it wasn't just his show. It was many others. It was also Tommy Loren. And we learned only a few days ago, about a week ago, that the U.S. government was trying to ban around 250,000 accounts, including many journalists. This information is not coming from the Twitter files, surprisingly. It's coming from a lawsuit filed by Louisiana and Missouri. And it's funny. It really is. Shout out to Tucker Carlson. He was talking on a show about, I'll give you the simple version. If you're vaccinated, you should be able to return to normal life, right? For some reason, you weren't. And that was the narrative in the beginning. When they said, go out, get your vaccine, then you can't transmit the virus and you don't have to wear a mask. You can go back to work. Life goes back to normal. You want to travel, get the vaccine. You got to do it. Get your card. You want to go to the bar, get your card. And then sure enough, when people went out and actually did it, it is the old bait and switch. All of a sudden they were like, well, no, you still can't come to work. Well, no, actually, you still have to wear a mask. Wrong. We were wrong about everything. But uh, thanks for doing it anyway. When Tucker Carlson said, hey, something's wrong with this. The White House intervened directly emailing, saying, shut him down. So unsurprisingly, Tucker is mad. Let's see what this is all about from the Daily Mail. We were censored by the White House. Tucker Carlson slams Biden administration after lawsuit reveals it pressured Facebook to censor him talking about vaccines. Tucker Carlson slammed the Biden administration on his show Monday after court documents revealed it directly pressed pressured Facebook to censor his show. Now, 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 I just want to hold on there a minute. This is the biggest political commentary show, period. Tucker Carlson gets between three and five million viewers. Maybe maybe it's down a bit now and around, you know, one or two million. But he's bigger than everybody else. Now, to be fair, you've got a whole bunch of the same cookie cutter establishment opinion across a bunch of different networks. So it's diluted with Tucker. You have only a few personalities talking about this stuff, so it concentrates. But that being said, Tucker is one of the biggest, if not the biggest political commentator, and they were trying to shut him down. Let me tell you why it's so important. I'm going to bring you, uh, uh, my friends, over to the Wikipedia page for me. Dimple. Uh, Now, this is funny. We can see, you know, they they got an updated photo here. How about that? On uh, this page, I want to click views. And uh, I want you to I want I want to read you something important. They go to mention that uh, Poole's former employer vice calls him lefty and progressive for anti-corporate politics, as well as right wing, blah, blah, blah. According to Politico, Poole, uh, Poole, Poole's views on issues, including social media bias and immigration, often align with conservatives. According to Al Jazeera, quote, Poole has amplified claims that conservative media endure persecution and bias at the hands of tech companies. Fascinating. These phrases were included in my Wikipedia as essentially a smear to try and make the claim that I was far right or right. You know, they struggle with it. But you see what they're right. Amplifying the claims. I mean, there was direct evidence. There was hard proof the entire time. And it's funny. 
when they were writing this and putting it in, there's debate and they're like, you know, pool is amplifying these false claims of persecution, blah, blah, blah. They talk about the Joe Rogan podcast. And every single day now we learn more and more. It is all 100 percent fact. Let me show you the story. They say court documents released as part of a lawsuit against the Biden administration for allegedly colluding with social media executives to suppress stories. Uh, suppress stories revealed the White House's director of digital strategy emailed Facebook monitors about a video in which Carlson debated the efficacy of the covid vaccines. He publicly questioned at the time. Why vaccinated people could not return to normal life. Interesting question. Leading Chelsea Clinton to publicly call on Facebook to take the video down. The director, Rob Flaherty, 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 also pressured Facebook to reduce the availability of the story as it worked to tamp down on what it deemed to be misinformation about the vaccine. Carlson said on his show Monday night, Carlson and his guest, Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry, so the move directly violated Carlson's First Amendment rights. And then some. It's not just about Tucker Carlson. It's a, there's other people involved. This is the government directly violating the Constitution. Of course, as we all know, nothing will be done about it. These are dangerous times, man, because what I see every single day, evidence of government malfeasance with no accountability. You know, one of the big stories right now is that Joe Biden had classified documents in his office. Trump's screaming out, where's the FBI raid? Good question. Where is the FBI raid? How long do you think a country can function when it is so plainly visible that the government is abusing its power? Abusing its power is an understatement. Outright attacking the people with with. Um, with glee. And nothing's being done. Here's what I here, here's what what what, uh, what I fear. It's not about necessarily like civil war or anything like that. It's about destabilization. Maybe that's what they want. Eventually, when people lose confidence in the system, the system breaks down. The government exists only in the minds of the people, which is why something like January 6th doesn't work. Something like January 8th in Brazil doesn't work. You cannot stand in a building and change a person's perspective on government. So here's how it works. Why does the U.S. dollar have value? You see, this is modern monetary theory. It used to be that gold was scarce, hard to come by, and it was being used as a trade medium. Part of the reason it was valuable was because people wanted it. Someone knew that if I had gold, I could trade that gold for something I want. Thus, it generates value. Eventually, the governments realize we can just control the scarcity. If we're the only ones who can make it, we control the scarcity. We tell people it has value. Boom. We can just mass print money however we want. The value of currency in the U.S. dollar exists only in the minds for the most part. I understand that there is a, you know economic function, but it's abstract. Meaning if tomorrow a bunch of stores started saying we won't accept U.S. dollars, then eventually people say I don't want U.S. dollars. And then eventually the dollar becomes worthless or worthless, worth nothing. That's the thing about government. The point I'm trying to make as the Biden administration and Democrats increasingly just beat the crap out of people, figurative, figuratively and literally, eventually people will say this. Hey, I've had a problem. Should I contact the government for assistance? No. What's the point? They have no ability to solve these problems. And there it is. 
right now, there is confidence that the government can cause you problems if you go up against them. The issue is, if the only confidence that people have in the system is that the system will beat the crap out of you, then people are going to be in opposition to that system. The system was supposed to be for, of, and by the people. Meaning, yeah, if you speed, you get a ticket, you get pulled over and we get mad about it. But if someone breaks into your house and you call the cops, they will come and do something about it. If someone aggresses upon you, the government would do something to stop it. But we're not there anymore. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're now in the position where the government will aggress upon you as criminals, and there's nothing you can do to stop them. When that persists, like we're seeing right now, Tucker Carlson aggressing upon him and trying to silence his right to speak his mind. You can see that the government is acting more like a mafia. And it's funny because I know, you know, all the libertarians and anarchists, you know, Luke, they're sitting there being like, yes, see, we told you. My point is, it wasn't always that way. To a certain extent, I get it. It was. It's an organization of power. But in the early days of this country... It was for, of, and by the people. Every day this persists, we are inching closer and closer to not a government that exists for, of, and by the people that will protect your your rights and your property, but we are seeing more and more a mafia that is being weaponized for power. In my mind, as we read these stories and we see how the establishment responds, the system's already collapsed. Let's read some more and 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 we'll continue. They go on to say it comes just weeks after it was revealed how the government pressured Twitter executives to censor any COVID information that was true but inconvenient. Amazing, right? On a show Monday, Carlson shared excerpts of court documents showing Flaherty emailed Facebook executives in April 2021 saying, quote, the top post on Facebook about vaccines today is Tucker Carlson saying they don't work. He then allegedly went on to pressure the social media giant to follow its strategy of reduction. If reduction means pumping our most vaccine-hesitant audience, with Tucker Carlson saying it doesn't work, then I'm not sure it's reduction, Flaherty wrote in the email. I want you to see this picture. This is what an evil man looks like. Rob Flaherty. Why doesn't he care about the Constitution? Why doesn't he or others in the Biden administration, why doesn't he and many others, why don't they care about our rights? Because they are evil people who believe they have a right to crush you. And if given the opportunity, they would beat you to death. Now, look, maybe a little extreme, but I genuinely believe after everything we've seen, if given the opportunity and they, 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 they would absolutely. I'm not saying this guy, Rob Flaherty, literally, I'm saying the government. I'm saying at this point, we can see that when protesters show up in front of the homes of Supreme Court justices in violation of the law, Merrick Garland, with a smile on his face, says, go yourself. But when pro-life activists hold signs in front of Planned Parenthood and protest, entering the building in some circumstances, they do a nationwide raid on their homes, gleefully using their power, but not not, not for the will of the people, but for themselves, for their own ideology, for their own ends. Okay, that's not government. 
This is just now a gang or a mafia. It's funny because I know the anarchists say it all the time. That's all the government is because obviously the government aggresses upon them. There have been many conservatives and liberals who are willing to tolerate excesses of the government because for the most part, they feel comfortable. And uh, we still do have it really, really nice here in the United States. But it's getting bad. If there is no accountability for this guy like Rob, I believe he should be arrested and charged criminally for this. Uh, Willfully trying to violate someone's rights is a crime. I believe it's never going to happen, but he should be cuffed and perp walked out and they should say you are under arrest for the willful attempt to violate the rights through government of an individual in this country. It's not going to happen. The Republicans right now are doing some stuff. They passed a bill overwhelmingly to defund the IRS, not like it's going to go anywhere to to defund the 87,000 IRS agents. It's not going to go anywhere. I can respect the sentiment. But I don't care about them saying like, aha, we want to rescind funding for these 87,000 IRS agents. We are on your side. They know full well that bill won't go anywhere. What I want to see is them file subpoenas and go after these criminals. Hmm. A Facebook employee later responded that he agreed and was running this down now. The move was apparently part of the White House's efforts to tamp down on what it deemed to be misinformation about the vaccine. It's not their responsibility. It's not within their rights. The government doesn't control what is true or what is not. Interesting. YouTube says you cannot defy the CDC or the World Health Organization. I think it's high time for major lawsuits. But I'm not sure that really matters, to be completely honest. Because as much as I see opportunity, and I'm fairly optimistic moving forward, we are in the midst of a very serious culture war, man. It's um, dark days indeed, an understatement. Journalist David Zweig recently revealed that the Biden administration also emailed Twitter executives to censor any information that did not support its messaging that the COVID vaccine was necessary, even when experts cited the administration's own data. Shout out to Steven Crowder, who got a strike for for citing the CDC. Y'all remember this? Steven Crowder on his show said, here's the CDC statement. Boom. YouTube gave him a strike. Why? Steven, I think you should file a lawsuit against YouTube. Because the Twitter files are one thing. I wonder what's going on with YouTube behind the scenes. And considering you cited the CDC and they gave you a strike, I would argue that's a breach of contract. The contract with YouTube that we all have says that so long as we abide by certain rules, we will be allowed to produce content and together we will make money. I produce a video. YouTube gets a portion of the revenue. It is a mutual uh, it's an agreement that I have with their business in mind that we will make money for each other in under this contract. You want to violate that contract, then we will have to file a lawsuit. Now, for me, I'm not existing in any of those. I I don't have any of those circumstances. For Steven Crowder, who cited the CDC and they gave him a strike. okay. I don't know if Crowder can or or what he needs to do, but he's got a lawyer and and, and they've gone after YouTube often. So I'm wondering what the results of that would have been or was. I have to wonder if they could go to Discovery and say, I want any communications between YouTube and the government as to why we got this video taken down. YouTube should be held in my I believe all of these people should be held criminally responsible. There's a law in the book. Someone super chatted us on Timcast IRL about willful violation of a person's rights. The government using a private company to censor someone's speech is just that. So I'd like to see this Rob Flaherty cuffed and charged criminally. It's like a year probation and a slap on the wrist fine or something like that, depending on the violation. But I want to see it. 
Republicans won't do anything about it. If they ever retain power, they're going to say now, 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 no, 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 not, not, not now, now. I want to see an attorney general, the DOJ filing an indictment. Well, I should say they got to go to a grand jury, I suppose. Explain to the grand jury violating someone's rights is a crime. Here's a man requesting that one of the most prominent political commentators in the country have his voice shut down. And it's just it's not just Tucker. It's so many others. I want to see criminal charges. Quote, it was never really a secret that there were huge problems with the covid shots. Carlson began his show pointing to the Biden administration's own VAERS database that indicated a large number of risks associated with the jab. We tried pointing pointing it out more than a year ago. Not because we have a problem with the vaccine or are anti-vaxxers, but because if you're going to force people to take something, you probably ought to know what it is and what effects it might have. But in trying to say that we were censored, but in trying to say that we were censored and now we know we were censored directly by the White House. OK, Tucker, file a lawsuit. Look, man. There are many circumstances where I have called my lawyer and spent a lot of money on the precursor to lawsuits. We don't have the standing. If we do, we will. Tucker Carlson does. It's entirely likely, nay probable, extremely, that there are communications between the White House, YouTube, and Facebook about Timcast. I would not be surprised. And saying things like, what about this? And them saying, well, you know, he's on the line, he danced on the fence, there's nothing we can really do about it. I am sure there are conversations between the White House Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, where they're like, we must remove Steven Crowder. I don't understand why he would get a strike otherwise. Now, that being said, Crowder has an initial argument that giving him a strike and spending his channel stripped revenue from his business in violation of his contractual agreement with YouTube. I could be wrong because I know he has a lawyer and I know that that they've, they've often had these conversations. But that's my initial assessment. And I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know. But in pursuing that, Discovery could lead to communications between YouTube and the government. Perhaps what we need is another lawsuit on par with what Louisiana and Missouri are doing right now, among many others. Jim Hoff, the Gateway Pundits involved, I believe. They want to say Carlson then turned the conversation over to his guest, Jeff Landry, who, along with Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, filed the suit against the Biden administration. Landry said that in reading the court documents, he felt the White House demanded Carlson's video be taken down. As he told Carlson, it's certainly a violation of your First Amendment right, Tucker. Absolutely amazing. So I want to just briefly mention once again, how about over on Wikipedia? And uh, maybe maybe this page is locked. Yeah, my page is locked because people are always posting nonsense. How about they change this one to instead of writing Poole's views on issues, including social media bias and immigration, often in line with conservatives, they write, Poole correctly stated for years, based on news reports, that conservatives faced persecution and bias at the hands of tech companies. How about they then say, Poole's views on issues regarding immigration aligns with Bernie Sanders? It's amazing, isn't it? The manipulation and the lies. Let me tell you, my friends, about the game they play and the point, and y'all need to understand. This Saturday, D.C., Freedom Plaza. I hope to see you there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be skating around. It's going to be funny. We're going to goof off. No special event, nothing official. Literally, I'm just going to be there. Hope to see you there. 
people are saying they're going to fly in. And uh, I don't know. Some people are like, dude, are you seriously announcing your location? You're 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 posting assassination coordinates, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Maybe. What am I alive for? If not to go out and skate. Do I do we really have to live in this world? No. So I'll tell you what it's all about. This is the point I'm trying to make. Stand up for what you believe in. Or don't. But kids today, let me let me let me tell you, I'm going I'm to do a segment on this book. I'm reading this thing, gender queer. And it breaks my heart. This poor woman. It's it really is. I'm not I'm not being facetious and I'm not being being silly. I said, y'all need to read that book. And people are like, pass. No, read it. The physical abuse this person went through. You'll understand. Wow. And they don't even realize how they were severely abused. It's crazy. But here's my point. Kids are being indoctrinated today. The White House is shutting down our conversations. They're trying to make sure that the only thing young people hear is their twisted cult of psychopathy. You must stand up. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. A lot of people are like, easy for you to say, Tim, easy for you to say, okay, easy for me to say, I'm going to go show up in DC's Freedom Plaza and let everyone know I'll be there Saturday, 10 a.m. That's when I'm there. No official event, nothing planned, no speakers. Literally, I'm going to show up with my skateboard. That's it. And maybe people will be there and I have no idea what's going to happen. I, I, I suppose I'll just sit there and people will skate and it will be fun because people skate there as it is. The point is, you must assert yourself in these spaces And if you are concerned about your job, your family, I empathize and I respect those concerns. I am willing to go out and announce publicly to every single person with extended and advanced notice. Make sure everybody knows in every segment I do, I'm going to be standing right there. I'm going to be skating around. What up? That's it. I have no idea what's going to happen. It might rain. If it rains, we have to postpone it. That's unfortunate. But like you can't skate in the rain. I mean, I'll probably still show up, but we sit in the car because if it rains. So some people are saying they're going to fly out. But um, if you think there's there that, that I should fear for my life because we've been swatted 15 times because we've received uh, copious death threats because the bomb squad's been deployed. Just know that I'm willing to go stand out in the middle of an open space in Washington, D.C. I'm absolutely willing to do that. And it is what it is. I'm not afraid. Yeah, some lunatic might come and try and get up in my business. Some crazy person might threaten me. There may be protesters. I have no idea. Or quite literally, no one might show up. It may be the stupidest thing where people are just like, dude, Tim, no one cares about you. And I'm like, oh, okay, fair point. Fine. That's why we're not doing like an official event or anything. I'm just going to show up and we'll see what happens. DC's Freedom Plaza. Maybe those people who are constantly swatting us and threatening us will uh, do nothing. And that's really what I think. Nothing will happen. I think I'll go out and skate. I think a handful of people are going to show up. Maybe it'll be crowded. I have no idea, but it's going to be fun on a bun. So if you skateboard, come show up. I'm going to give away a bunch of step on snack and find out skateboards, Tim cast skateboards. And um, we got a big old, you know, I think, I think we'll, we'll just give away those ones. Like I got a big old stack of anti-hero skateboards, but the point is this. Tucker Carlson goes on his show and he says it. And you say, and, and many people are like, well, it's easy for him to say he's, he's very rich. You know, fair point. Tucker Carlson also moved out to the middle of nowhere. You know, we're sort of in the middle of nowhere. I got out of the cities mostly because the cities are broken and corrupt, but I'm willing to go back, skate. I'm willing to stand there in the street. 
So for every single person who's taken that risk, I will take that risk right alongside you and I will not back down. I'm going to have a good time. Maybe I'll do a kickflip no slide or a nollie flip no slide, uh, nollie flip out. Maybe I'll get something on a ledge. Maybe we'll film something. I'm 30. I'm about to turn 37, so I'm not going to be going nuts. I can skate, do some switch tray flips or something. Uh, maybe some switch hard flips, late flips, things like that. But uh, I'm an old man. going to go hang out. Hope to see you there and have a good time. We just need to stand up for what we believe in. We need to call out the lies and the manipulation. Otherwise, it's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The reason why I'm saying this right now in relation to Tucker Carlson is because by shutting down his speech, by shutting down my speech and your speech, the only thing eight-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 14-year-olds, the only thing they hear, wokeness. In 10 years, that eight year, an eight-year-old in 10 years will vote. And if the only thing they know is wokeness, they will vote for that cult garbage. It's going to be funny in 10 years when Vosh is a conservative and he's like, I'm not a conservative. I'm like, yes, you are, dude. Absolutely. Because what's happening is people are unwilling to speak up out of fear. And it's sad. You know, I can get it for sure. But if you and the leftists are standing there and you say, I won't say a word because I will get canceled. And the leftist screams, smacking people around and throwing Molotovs, screaming racism, racism, racism. That little kid only hears one thing. And when they turn 18, they're going to vote for that one thing because that's their entire worldview. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all then. Everybody's favorite media outlet, NPR, is generating controversy because they published an essay by Maya Kobabe, the author of the book Gender Queer, which I have sitting here and we've talked quite a bit about. In a story from Fox News, they write gender queer author doubles down on extremely graphic images of sex acts, says it could have been worse. Quote, I honestly think the book is a lot less explicit than it could be, the genderqueer author said. This book is in grade schools. They outright say over at NPR that it was a breakthrough book meant for adults, but found an overlap with readers between ages of 12 through 18. That's right, 12-year-olds being given a book that depicts explicit sex acts. Now, in my personal opinion, this book is inappropriate for children. Amazon seems to agree, saying it's for people 18 and up only, yet for some reason, NPR is lying about why people are upset over the book. And it's not just NPR, it's the left in general. I started thinking about this story, and I've been thinking about this book. So as we've, you know, we've had different guests here at TimCast IRL, and uh, they've, they've many, many have said, what is this book? And I said, oh, you're not familiar with genderqueer? You know, you're not familiar with it? It's the book where it, show, it went viral because it has graphic images showing this individual receiving oral. I'll leave it at that. And among other things, other things that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll explain a, a bit, trying to be family friendly here. And uh, many people are unfamiliar with it. And so 
The fact that it's in schools, I think, is quite shocking. And the fact that even many conservatives are unfamiliar with what's going on with grooming in schools is rather shocking, but not surprising. One of the things I've been harping on for quite a bit is that if you don't speak up, kids will only hear this, and that will be their worldview. So I'm going to say this before we get started. Go to, uh, I'll be at DC's Freedom Plaza this Saturday at 10 a.m. to skate. I'll be hanging out and just skating. And I hope to see all of you there. I hope a lot of people show up. But let's talk about this book and what it really is. I think this book is, what's the right word? A herald of the fourth turning. Are you familiar with the fourth turning? Every 20 years, there's a season. And then every fourth season, there's a major collapse. As we've been talking with the various guests who've come on the show about the book Gender Queer, we've been going through the book to show examples, and um, I started to actually read the book in depth. Now, to be fair, probably should do it outright. I mean, if you're going to be critical of the book, the first thing you should do is take it. You should read it. But typically, what we had been doing was highlighting specific sections that we thought were inappropriate for kids, because for the most part, a lot of people were like, well, you know, I don't really care about the life story stuff. The problem is the overt gratuitous acts that are in the book that kids could see. So all of us have read those portions of the book. Well, in going through the book, I will say this, my friends, my greatest recommendation to you is to read this book. You can read it online. Uh, People have posted links to it. You should read it. I've had a lot of conservatives tweet at me saying, hard pass, won't do it. You should read it. Why? Because I'm going to tell you about this book and I'm going to tell you why it's worse than you realize. The book's actually really sad. It's, it's, it's shocking. And if you read it, you'll completely understand the psychological torture and torment of the individual who wrote the book. And they're completely oblivious to the abuse and trauma inflicted upon them by their parents. I want to read this story. And uh, I have this one here from the American Conservatives. Why is NPR promoting teaching children how to give oral? But I want to explain a few things about this book first so you can really understand it and you understand why I think you should read it. This individual, Maya Kobabe, was abused by her parents, severely abused. I mean, some of the most extreme abuse, not like physical beatings or anything like that. The child was made to to relieve themselves in the yard. I mean, I'll just outright one of the first things they say is that as a child, she would relieve herself in the yard because her parents were neglectful hippie types who moved her to a farm and then ignored her. It's very clear from the first few pages that what the story is actually about is a young girl was being raised by people who completely ignored her, neglected her. It was so bad. I'm sorry, this may be a little disturbing. The book actually shows a picture. It was so bad that her parents had her wearing pads when going through menstruation that were old and crusted with blood to the point where it was flaking off into her pants. And she explains this. And this poor, poor person doesn't understand that's not what your parents are supposed to be doing for you. So why does this individual say that they don't want to be a girl? Perhaps it's because she couldn't read until she was 12. I kid you not. I mean, the story is, is, is horrifying. And they're giving it to your kids. It's a story about a small child made to relieve themselves in the yard who couldn't read until 12. What were your parents doing? 
that when when they started going through puberty, they were wearing crusted old pads with blood stained and crusted and flaking off. Like, what is this? There's a portion where she talks about how she was in a, in a, in a hot tub with other girls and the other girls had shaved legs and she didn't. And she was so embarrassed. She said, apparently there was things that I was supposed to know, but didn't. She goes on to then say, I couldn't even read. So here is a young girl hanging out with school aged girls who are being given proper guidance and understanding from their parents, but she's not. So she's totally baffled and confused by everything, why her parents were neglecting her. She tells a story about how they all went swimming and everybody took their shirts off. So, so did she. And then the, her teacher, a female said, you can't take your shirt off like that. And she goes, why not? And then everyone starts laughing at her. And she's like, this feels really bad. It feels bad because her parents neglected her. It's one thing if her parents said something like, women shave their legs. It's a social custom. You don't have to do it. It's another thing when her parents told her literally nothing. And she shows up to a party with hairy legs and the other girls laugh at her for it. Now, it sucks to be made fun of for something you just don't understand. But these are parents who didn't even teach her to read. The average age that a person learns to read in this country is six years old. She was twice the age of her peers when she finally learned how to read. I believe that the abuse was probably more substantial than this book even lets on. And when you're reading it, it's crazy to see the people with smiling faces working. It's like, my mom didn't want to enforce gender roles. Your mom told you nothing. She taught you nothing. She didn't properly equip you to understand the world. So you entered into it being shunned, mocked. And I'm sure it felt really bad. And then along comes the Queer Straight Alliance. Everyone's saying, we love you so much. We love you so much. You can be whatever you want. And all of a sudden it feels good. I can understand why it feels good. You were neglected by your parents and you were mocked by your peers. You didn't fit in and it was your parents' fault. And so you actually learn from this book that the, the individual in it actually has, feeling, has, has heterosexual feelings. But I think what you end up seeing from this is a deeply traumatized individual. And this is what you get. A person without any guidance, neglected and relieving themselves in the yard, grows up confused, angry, desperately trying to find their place in the world. And they write this book with a smile on their face, and they include sexual acts. The one thing I really want to point out about this book is that the scene in question that everyone's calling out, namely the American conservative, the American conservative, the American conservative, is it's, it's an image, I don't even think I can show on YouTube, of the author receiving, uh, wearing an adult toy, receiving gratification from another individual. However, the author says it doesn't feel good. I can't feel anything. It doesn't work for me. And that, I think, is the point right there. This person had an idea thinking that engaging in these acts would in some way gratify them, but it did not. Why? Because this is a person who was neglected and abused and then groomed. Not groomed in the sense that an adult explicitly came to them and tried to twist their mind, but that they were neglected to the point where the only outlet they had was a group of strangers to affirm whatever it is they believed without any discipline. And so they tell themselves, this is what must feel good. And then it turns out it doesn't because something is deeply wrong with this person. Yo, I got to admit, 
I started reading this book and I was trying to find a particular passage where the individual who wrote it was uh, attempting to ingest bodily fluids from themselves. I'm not kidding. And uh, in order to find this specific passage, I have to read through it. And then I start, I get to the point where she's like, I was 12 and I couldn't read. And I was like, holy crap. When she's like, I was three years old and pissing in the yard. And I'm like, what the? Wow. And so, you know, what I, what ends up happening is this trauma and abuse is put into literature. And then other people who either want to destroy the fabric of society or revel in the abuse are spreading this around and they're lying about it. And here's the big thing. The American conservative, this is Rob Dreher. He writes, the image above is a panel from the kids book, genderqueer. Well, hold on. It's not a kids book. Uh, Amazon says 18 plus. This is one of the tame panels. See others below. This is what many educators and other liberal elites want kids to be reading in 2021. I'm sorry, kids to be reading. In 2021, I wrote about how national public radio's show 1A deceived listeners about what people object to about genderqueer. At least some decision makers at NPR believe the network cannot level with its listeners about what's really in the book, because to be honest is to, be an, is to endanger the narrative. Agreed. And this is what we get. NPR. Author Maya Kobabe, struggling kids told me my book helped them talk to parents. I think this book is something that should be read by every conservative who's concerned about grooming. So you can understand how a person it becomes traumatized and broken. I'll say it again. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a disgusting picture of a menstrual pad with black crust all over it. And she says she would wear them so, for so long the blood would flake off looking at coffee grounds. Where was your mom? Did your mom not take care of you? The answer is she didn't. That's why she couldn't read. And she tells these stories, but she doesn't understand. It's kind of crazy. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Now, some may ask these social constructivists, well, what is it supposed to be? Who says it's supposed to be anything? I think parental guidance can come in many forms. I think that, look, if you had a, if you had a real good hippie mom, she'd say to you, when you go hang out with the other girls, they're going to shave their legs. You can shave them if you want, if you want to fit in, or if you don't care, you don't have to. Instead, she tells the story about how she just didn't know. Her mom and her dad told her nothing and left her to romp about doing. I mean, look, I got to be honest. She didn't understand any basic social norms. She didn't understand why she couldn't take her shirt off. She didn't understand how to change a pad. She didn't understand anything. And then so what happens? She tries to interact socially the best way she can. But I, I, I liken this to like um, the wolf girl story. You, have you guys ever heard this? There's a raised by wolves, they say. It's not really raised by wolves. But there was a, a, there's a story about a young woman who was found having grown up in the wild. And when she was, when she was uh, I think, a teenager, they rescue her and try teaching her English. But she could never truly learn English. And this is the crazy thing. She could learn certain words to express desires, but she couldn't actually speak the language because the brain developed without understanding of language. And so she'd say things like eat, hungry. And she couldn't tell you something like, hey, let's go grab food. I'm kind of hungry. Or I'm starving, man. Let's go to uh, what, what should we get? Uh, pizza. Let's go to pizza. And actually, I don't like pizza. They put sucralose in their crust, apparently. Ugh. Papa John's is pretty good. So what's going to happen to an individual who grows up completely traumatized? 
They'll never understand how broken it is. How is it supposed to be? Yo, your mom is supposed to tell you things. Your mom is supposed to say, as you get older, you'll experience X, Y, and Z. The other kids may say one, two, and three. You're going to go to school and these are going to happen. You're supposed to be able to go to your parents, your dad and your mom, and say, what's X, what's Y, what's Z, and have them answer it. I went to school and the, and the kids are talking about shaving their legs. That's right. Here's what they do. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They didn't do that. She couldn't even read. She, was she even going to school? I wonder. She talks about how she was moved to a farm and just literally pissed in the yard. It's like all, almost like she was just, I mean, this is abuse. And now this person who is deeply abused and traumatized writes an essay about how the real problem is that conservatives and people are coming after her book because she's trying to help queer and trans people. You know, you ever hear about um, life coaches? Life coaches. People who tell you how to do better things. And I always thought it was funny. I remember watching Penn and Teller's BS. You ever see that show on Showtime? And it's like life coaches. And many of these people, uh, their career is just telling other people how to live their lives better. I thought it was funny because many of these people are broken themselves. That's what we have here. You get someone who's broken. You get someone who's traumatized and abused. They then will share that trauma and abuse with future generations. And it creates a fracture, almost like a prion disease. Or prion, I think it's prion, right? The reason you can't eat human being, because you get the shakes, because you consume, it's called kuru, I guess. And there's malformed proteins that once enter your body, start malforming all the other proteins, making them unusable. That's what I think we're experiencing right now in human civilization, a prion disease. Wokeness, books like genderqueer, are people who are suffering from a social kuru, meaning basic understandings about life in the universe, ideas that humans should be passing down to each other, gone. As Dennis Prager calls it, I think he calls it cut flower politics, that you have a flower, it's beautiful, you snip it and hold it in the air and it looks fantastic, but eventually dies. Without its attachment to its roots, it loses everything. What I see happening is basically this. People have been severed from the roots that allowed us to get to this point. The good information, the good traditions that helped improve everything. And we got rid of the old bad ones. And now we're in a modern society where so long as we have good understanding and access to information, we can do better and live freer and respect people. So for me, I got no issue with LGBTQ people at all. You know, we want to be respectful. But then we encounter this very serious problem of people who are traumatized, abused, neglected, beaten, molested, etc. And they're trying to instill those traumas into children. So call it grooming. Call it whatever you want. The American conservative says it's NPR promoting teaching children how to give oral sex. It's not just that. It's kink education. These are things kids should not be exposed to. I don't care if someone's got a kink. I don't care if someone's got, uh, you know, uh, less than average predilections. LGBTQ men, do your thing. Enjoy your life. Be happy. Feel good. Within reason. 
The problem is the desire among many traumatized people to traumatize kids. And I wonder if that's a big portion of why we see the grooming. Misery loves company. I want you to suffer the way I do, is what they think. Because misery loves company, I guess. Now, of course, the way many of the activists will phrase it is, if everybody was more accepting, then we could be who we truly are. But the scary thought is that suicide rates among some of these people are still really high even after affirmation. And so if you have an individual who is affirmed and given surgeries and given whatever they want, but they're still depressed, unhappy, and take their own lives, whatever it is we're doing is not working. So what do we do? I don't have all the answers. I can only tell you, you got to speak up. You got to speak out. You got to call these things out. And you really should read this. You really, really should. You should not let your kids read it. But you as an adult, maybe all of you as parents, you need to read this to understand the kind of trauma and abuse that leads someone to become mentally anguished and broken and lead them to try and bring that pain to children. I've heard it often. Uh, I had a gay friend in Chicago who said that he wished he wasn't gay. He said that if he had the choice to be straight, he would he would take it in a heartbeat because it was so hard to be gay. And I'm like, man, that sounds brutal. Look, I got no beef, man. We can hang out. We can be friends. I'm not going to rag on anybody for that kind of stuff. Just be a good person. You know, just believe if you believe in freedom, individual responsibility, you don't aggress upon others. You know, shout out to Dave Rubin because he gets a lot of flack from people on the right as well. But uh, I got no beef. Dave's a rad dude, smart guy. I think he's good at what he does. And I think people really need to you, you got to stop watching these out of context clips where they try and smear him because they, they don't represent who he really is. You know, he's gay. He's gay married. He has kids and more power to him. And uh, he's successful and he found happiness and he found it outside of this broken mind bending cult. It scares me because I think there are people who are suffering, who have trauma and damage. And they can be helped. The problem is what we see from the left and the establishment only pushes them into darker and darker places where the end result is actually severe depression. Think of Jazz Jennings. Jazz Jennings, seven years old, trans. Well, I don't think a seven-year-old really understands gender or anything like that. But the parents said, no, 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 you're a girl. Put Jazz on puberty blockers. Put Jazz on hormones. Jazz eventually became severely depressed, morbidly obese, and still morbidly obese. Canceled going to school. And I just thought to myself, like, is this what you want for your kids? Because there are better ways to do it. Look, I think there are kids who are suffering from gender dysphoria. I think it's a reality. I think there are kids who are gay. I think LGBT people exist and all of that. And then I think helping them is not this. This whole affirmation is traumatizing. And the example everybody gives, it's obvious, is affirming someone with anorexia. I mean, that's going to kill them. Affirming someone who's morbidly obese, it's going to kill them. So what do we do, man? Well, we speak out, we call it out, and we don't let these things get into the hands of kids. We don't have kids be indoctrinated and brought into kink and exposed to things that will eventually make them confused and hurt. Because I'll say it again. The scene in question in this book that I can't show on YouTube shows pure confusion. This uh, author saying how I thought this would be so much hotter, but it wasn't. 
because you had improper guidance, because you had people affirming everything you said instead of trying to give you boundaries to help you understand the way you truly feel and what truly works. And I think that's telling. I bring it up. The panel in question is her saying it doesn't feel good. Think about that. A person who wrote a book saying, here's who I am. It didn't feel good. None of this felt good. It's a story about childhood trauma, neglect, and abuse. And they want your kids reading it. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to cause psychological problems that will make more people depressed. I'll leave it there. This book's awful. It's awful, but I think it is really important that it was written. I do. Just shouldn't be in the hands of kids. And I'll say this, too. We, we talked about doing a big drag show. Yeah, we're going to have a big drag show. You know, people are going to, you know, do drag on stage and they can dance around. They can take their clothes off and give people can give money. And we're going to have free food and drinks. And of course, 21 and up and only. That's the point. It's really informative to read this. And I think you should. I'm not saying you should buy it and give the person money. I'm saying read what you can from it so you can understand how someone became so traumatized and how they were abused by their parents. And it's really, to me, it's it's so offensive. The story of this hippie couple who bring their children to a farm and just let them run wild without an education, without teaching them anything, having them piss on the ground, not not learning to read, covered in crusted blood from their menstruation. I mean, it's just psychotic how abused this person was. And if you understand that, you can understand how to help people and save them from this. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast IRL. I'm sorry, over at youtube.com slash timcast. Yikes. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see y'all then. This is just wrong. It's just wrong. It's mean. It's cruel what they're doing to people. We got this tweet from Natalie F. Denilition. Natalie, did I pronounce your name wrong? Hopefully I didn't. Healthy at any size is a complete and total lie. Even her shoes are begging her to stop. Where are her knees? Stop celebrating this for F's sake. And this is it. This is Parade, the Gen Z lifestyle brand, I guess they, they, they call it. And um, take a look at this individual on the right. Now, look, the person in the middle looks, you know, fit. The person on the left looks fit. And the person on the right is and I, I, I am not trying to be mean. I'm never trying to be mean. Diseased, unwell, in need of serious help. But they don't care. They don't. They, they, they prop this up. They encourage it. This is, I mean, look, these shoes don't fit. And, and that's, wow, man. Parade launches replay underwear in sizes up to 5XL. I got some pictures for you. You're probably going to be mad at me, I guess. But let me show you some of these photographs. So these are the models they have for their new uh, their new program. And uh, well, there you go. There's the morbidly obese model who needs an intervention and needs help is uh, being propped up. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it is no secret that I was uh, portly, a portly fella. Uh, A year ago, I weighed like 200 pounds. Just about now I'm at about 170 and uh, sometimes a little less, sometimes a little more, you know, water weight and, and whatnot. And I cut out the sugar. I just I seriously I started taking vitamins and I cut the sugar out. I, I dropped, you know, no sodas. And it was weird because, you know, I kind of felt like I was doing a good job of not having sugar in my diet. I was like, no, I don't have too much sugar. 
And uh, I look back now and I'm like, dude, it was a lot of sugar. Seriously. But it wasn't it wasn't just like I was spooning sugar into my coffee. I do like a little bit of coffee creamer. It was like French vanilla with some sugar in it. I'd have like maybe a little bit of soda here and there. And then I'd have a bunch of rice and bread and all of those carbs. You know, I, I didn't really care. I, I, I didn't care. I, I was around 200 pounds and I was like, I don't, I don't care. Like whatever. Like I eat what I feel like eating. But here's the truth. I didn't feel good. And I didn't know I didn't feel good. That's the crazy thing. And that's what people like this need to know, how good it feels to be fit. I cut the sugars out. And then within like a week, I felt like Goku going super saying like, ah, you know, like all I felt like lightning surging through my body. And it was amazing. You know, one day, basically, look, we all got sick. We all got COVID. One day uh, I go downstairs, hang out in the green room and I get uh, uh, we have like salami and cheese. And I start eating it and I think to myself, I'm like, I didn't have any sugar today, like none, like zero carbs. Like I'm, I'm sure there were some carbs in some of the stuff that I ate, but it was like feta cheese dip with salami. It was like the only thing I ate and I like bacon and eggs. And I was like, why eat sugar? And I just stopped. Within like a month, 10 pounds gone. Within another month, 10 pounds gone. And then it took a few more months to drop the next 10 pounds. I guess that's how it goes. What's happening now is we're, we're told that this is good and normal. Yo, this is... Like, I'm sorry, man, I'm not trying to be a dick, but this lady's legs are asymmetrical in terms of the morbid obesity. They are like, there's so much adipose that the legs are completely different shapes. And it looks like they're so fat, the fat goes down to their feet and they jammed their feet into shoes that don't fit them. Why, 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 man? Well, you know, Perhaps I am just guilty of fat phobia. Fat phobia. So I decided, am I a bigot? Or I asked myself. And I needed to look it up to understand. And I did. From the Boston Medical Center. Fat phobia. Oh, thank you. Please cure me of my bigotry. Fat phobia. Noun. Also known as anti-fat is the implicit and explicit bias of overweight individuals that is rooted in a sense of blame and presumed moral failing. Being overweight and or fat is highly stigmatized in Western culture. Anti-fatness is intrinsically linked to anti-blackness, racism, classism, misogyny, and many other systems of oppression. Holy what? Dude, obesity leads to cancer. Your blood, your blood pressure, your blood turns to jello. You feel bad. Life is miserable. You get depressed. See, I didn't know it a couple weeks ago. So I, so I, I was doing like hard keto for a while, heavy fat, low sugar, all that stuff. And then once I dropped all that weight, I added a little bit more sugar into the diet, just a little bit. So I usually hit around like, I, I think right now I'm doing like 30 to 40 carbs per day. So it's probably, I don't know, it's keto range or whatever, but I was doing like close to zero. There's something called, um, I think, what is it called? Gluconeogenesis, where your body turns protein into sugar or something like that. Anyway, I add a little bit more sugar to my diet and I had a little, br- little bit of bread and I was like, that's eh, no big deal. Like I cut out all the bad stuff off a little bit. And then I didn't realize it. One day I decided I'm going to go a day without eating any bread again. And the next day I felt like a million bucks. And I was like, man, you get used to feeling so good that you don't realize you start feeling bad when you add carbs and garbage to your diet. Now, I may- that's just me. Maybe that's just me. You know, I'm not you. I know some people who eat bread and they're just fine. 
But maybe I'm not somebody who can handle it. I don't know. Some people are gluten intolerant or whatever. Some people can. Beef makes me sick. No joke. I love beef. I love steak. But if I have more than a few ounces, I get really sick. Luke was telling me, Luke Rakowski, weird change, that it could be that I don't have enough acid in my stomach. And so I've tried doing some tricks like lemon juice, espresso. Doesn't work. I eat too much steak and it is just like I'm a, I'll barf. No, no joke. I can eat all the chicken in the world. I can eat like 100 chicken wings. No problem. But here's what I want to say to this anti. Are you, like, it's a cult, man. It's a death cult. And they want you hurt. And I'm, and I'm saddened by this. You know, this woman, cut the sugars out, man. I was reading this chart. And it shows uh, around the late 70s, obesity started to skyrocket. And that's when they introduced the food pyramid where it's like, eat a lot of bread. And... You know, you see, like we were talking the other day about Robert Downey Jr. going vegan and he's all gaunt and thin. And people are like, man, he looks terrible. But I'm like, dude, being gaunt and thin is better than being morbidly obese. Here's what I think, man. I think fat's good for you. I recommend you talk to a doctor. I think fat is good. Anti-fat. I'm not anti-fat. I love fat. Big, thick pork belly. I didn't used to be big on pork, to be completely honest. You probably heard me talk about it. But man, good pork belly. Wow. Go to Korean barbecue. I got to tell you. They say anti-fatness contributes to individuals not receiving adequate health care for a number of reasons. One, the assumption is if someone is overweight, they cannot be healthy. That's a fact. Clinical care teams typically lack experience in treating diverse body sizes, weight related structural barriers, e.g. the size of exam tables, gowns, blood pressure, cuffs and scale limits. Okay, dude, if you are overweight, you are unhealthy. That's just scientific fact. Like overweight is lack of health. They're trying to redefine it like, yeah, if you're overweight, you probably will have uh, high cholesterol, high blood pressure. You can be skinny fat too. Skinny fat, you have high cholesterol, but you look thin and because, you you know, people don't know. People don't know. But it's crazy that we've come to this point. They did that. There's a thing in London where it was beach body ready. You remember this? And it was like a, a, a normal looking woman in a bikini and they got all offended. So they made ads of morbidly obese women. It's just getting crazier and crazier, my friends. And it breaks my heart. Look, I want people to to be good, to do better. I'm sure there's a bunch of people who made videos just laughing at this person and mocking them, but this disturbs me. This makes me feel scared. This makes me worried for this person. Look at these shoes. Look at this. The shoes aren't even laced properly. Like, did they have to use two different laces per shoe? It looks like her feet were this big and she, she's binding her feet. Bro, man, I don't get it. I just don't understand why it is that some people just keep gorging themselves and why it is that industries are propping this stuff up and supporting them. It's a death cult, man. You saw it right here from the Boston Medical Center. Fat phobia, anti-blackness, health inequity, enslaved person. What the is this? You know, if you're sick, don't go to Boston Medical Center because they're going to be like, I prescribe you some white privilege treatment. And you're going to be like, I have cancer. And they're going to say, well, maybe you should check your white privilege. They're going to come to you and tell you that uh, you're like, Doc, I've, I'm, I've tried everything and I can't lose weight. Have you considered just realizing that you're fat phobic and fat is fine? And you're like, bro, I had a heart attack. Mm, well, maybe, you know, it's just a normal part of life. People have heart attacks these days. I heard a lot about these kids having heart attacks. Come on. Kids have heart attacks all the time, apparently. We went through that list of all those 13-year-olds having heart attacks. What are you talking about? 
you know what, man? It's the failings in some way of capitalism and, and, and Marxism. It's not one or the other. It's this weird Chinese version. But yo, when these corporations, have you guys ever seen Torrid? It's a mall store for morbidly obese women. It's like, hey, the market shall provide. And that's a problem of capitalism. Don't open, like, here's what I tell people. Take your cat's food and put it on top of the fridge or the counter. That way the cat has to jump up in order to eat food. And if the cat gets too fat and doesn't work out, cat, cat can't reach its food. If you make things easier and easier and easier, I'll tell you where we're going. We're going to become like Wally, where we're all morbidly obese, sitting in floating chairs, just struggling. Well, I don't know, whatever, man. Look, I believe in freedom. So uh, more power to him. I'm going to mind my own business. But I'm going to deeply encourage people, man. Don't let this be you. Come on, guys. I know there's people who watch my show who are overweight. I've had people say to me, they're like, you know what? I just don't care. And I'm like, I hear you. You're allowed to. Fair point. But come on, man. I want you to be the best version of yourself. I want you to pick up the heaviest thing you can find and carry it. Literally. Jordan Peterson says it figuratively. I'm saying, no, go pick up heavy stuff and walk around with it. Lose some weight, man. Talk to a nutritionist because I, I don't know exactly what, what works for you. I don't want you to get sick or anything. But I'll tell you what I did. I got rid of the sugars. Rice, gone. Bread's gone. Cookies, no more. But you know what? I have a little bit here and there. We got these, uh, remember uh, Kanye West stole Luke's cookies? We got a couple, a bunch of those. They're nut butter cookies with no gluten, no seed oils. That's the new thing, I guess. And, uh, you know, I'll have a little bit of sugar. I don't like going zero sugar. I like having a little bit. I don't want to be too hard on the kidneys and the liver with all that protein. I want to have some sugar in the diet. Not too much. Just come on. This stuff breaks my heart. You can do it, man. I believe in you. Make the decision today. Be better. Because I'll tell you this. You want to win the culture war, you got to be an inspiration. And this ain't inspiration. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and we will see you all shortly. So Joe Biden confused a member of the Salvation Army with the Secret Service. And my heart aches for this man. Okay, we can sit here, we can make fun of Joe Biden all day and all night. But let me just tell you, my friends, welcome to the fourth turning. The end is upon us. Did you watch the previous segment? We got the lady who's so morbidly obese, she can't even get the shoes on her feet and her legs look like tree stumps. And I'm not trying to be mean to this person. I'm, try I'm begging them be better. But I digress. Here's another major component of the fourth turning. Basically goes like this. What is it? Uh, strong men make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. Hard times make strong men. As it goes, it's basically the fourth turning. And what we're watching now is not only do we have a culture of degeneracy, morbid obesity, gluttony, perversion. We got people voting in a president who is so dumb. OK, that's mean. He's not dumb. He's just old and not functioning. I think you all need to wake up. No, no, no. Hold on. I know many of you already have realized exactly what's going on. But hey, this is it, man. It's all coming crashing down. So why do I have chickens? Because uh, I'm not confident the system is going to be able to sustain itself. It's like a it's like it's like we're playing Jenga, you know, and then like someone pulled out the block that says president with working brain and put it on top. 
Someone pull out the other block of like fitness. Someone pull out another block, logic. And the whole thing's teetering on the verge of collapse. And it is only a matter of time until the whole thing comes crumbling down. Here's a story from the Daily Mail. Moment Biden confuses a uniformed member of the Salvation Army for the Secret Service. Look at this. It's just, look, he's a bumbling old dotard. And he's just like, Joe Biden was caught on camera making it another blunder this weekend when he appeared to mistake a member of the Salvation Army for a Secret Service agent. The gaffe occurred in El Paso, Texas on Sunday during a visit to the Mexican border ahead of this week's three Amigos summit between the U.S., Canada and Mexican leaders. After speaking to Border Patrol officers and taking a walk along the wall separating the two countries, the president was led to a migrant center and was introduced to a member of the Salvation Army wearing a uniform. Biden stepped toward the aid worker, who is also wearing a Salvation Army badge, name tag, and standing in front of a Salvation Army banner, shook his hand and whispered, I spent some time with the Secret Service in Poland and Ukraine. The man, clearly puzzled, smiled back at the president as the pair continued to shake hands before Biden continued on down the line, leaving the aid worker none the wiser. Oh, wow. As the oldest person ever sworn into the White House, Biden has faced questions and concerns over his mental as well as physical capability in one of the world's most demanding jobs. But aside from his advanced age, Biden 80 has worried even his supporters with the sheer quantity of mental gaffes he has made since taking office. My friends, Biden is a broken man. He is an old man. He's bumbling around in exactly the way you'd expect an old man to be bumbling around. I don't blame him for this. And I also don't think he has supporters. The reality is, Joe Biden is the result of an anti-election. That's what I told Bannon. I've had people say it over and over again, and I'm just like, I feel like the logic is there. COVID locked everything down. There were no sports. You couldn't watch basketball. You couldn't watch movies. You couldn't leave your house. Then they said it was all Trump's fault. And then they handed you a universal mail-in ballot. How is that not hard to understand? There's a lot of people who are like, no, no, the only way it's possible. No, dude, come on. All these people, they didn't know what they were voting for. Like we had Vosh on the show and he didn't even know anything about Joe Biden. And he probably voted. I'm pretty sure he voted for the guy. We had Vosh on the show, leftist socialist YouTuber guy. And he was like, I was a little kid when Biden was vice president. I don't know anything about that. And I'm like, man, I was an adult. That's kind of crazy if you think about it. That's why I warn everybody, you know, with stuff like this, these kids who are 10 years old right now don't know anything about this. Joe Biden's going to be 90 and they're going to be 20 and they're going to be like, because I'm voting for Biden. And you're going to be like, no, dude, don't you remember when he was bumbling about and he didn't even he couldn't even tell who was who and what was what? How many times do I have to have stories about something like this? So I pop over to predict it. You guys know Predicted. It's where you can um, buy shares in, I guess, outcomes. So I, I put my money on Jim Jordan for speaker, and it was a bad bet. I did it not because I thought he was actually going to become speaker, but I thought that the shares would rise. So I predict it works, and you could sell the shares. But uh, I ended up switching them all out and then putting them into Kevin McCarthy, which ended up working out because I got in like 60 cents a share and then exited a dollar something. So it worked out. It worked out. Uh, I still ended up losing money on the bets. It's a, it's a weird system. It's fun. I recently uh, moved all my, so I, I get paid out for the McCarthy thing. I put it on to Donald Trump as the nominee for the GOP. And the reason for it is like DeSantis, I like. But, uh, you know, Milo makes a good point when he said, what did, what did he say that um, 
DeSantis had the charisma of a wet sponge. And he was like, it's like when you reach for something and then you accidentally touch something moist. It was actually really good. It was it was brilliant. Miles, funny guy. Uh, DeSantis lacks the charisma that Trump has. But Trump's been a bit out of it as well. So I don't know exactly how it's going to play. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. But I put my bet on Donald Trump, despite the fact that he also is a very old man. In fact, Trump may end up being the oldest person sworn in. If in a year and a half, actually, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, because Biden was sworn in when he was like 78 and Trump will be a little I think Trump will be older than that. I'm not entirely sure. Anyway, my point is this. One of the reasons why I'm kind of like we just need a Ron DeSantis, even if he does have the charisma of a wet sponge, is that uh, we need some youth. You know, dudes like what is what is Ron DeSantis like 45? It's like he's, he's like he's like nine years older than I am. OK, that's that's like. When I was a kid growing up and there was like the older kids skating, that's that. You know what I mean? Like he's older than me, but he's still a young enough guy. 45. I don't know how old he is. Maybe he's, he's younger than that. Is, is he 45? What is he like? Maybe 43. I don't even know. He's not 80. I think at a certain point we need to recognize we can't continue down this path, but I'm not entirely convinced we're going to find salvation haha, in anybody. You know, look at this. Daily Mail includes this big list of gaffes. Forgetting numbers, confusing Libya and Syria, calling Kamala president. Yo, he called Kamala president over and over again. Here's where my heart lies, my friends. Yeah, I think a DeSantis would be good. I lean towards DeSantis these days more than Trump because, yeah, Trump is an old guy. Here's the problem. You got so many people in this country, they're going to vote for a, a, a ham sandwich so long as they're told by the media that's what's to, what, what they have to do. You're going to get people who are going to hand out universal mail-in ballots. They're going to put up those, those, those ballot boxes in the park and they're going to do ballot harvesting and all that stuff. And whether or not you have a good idea is irrelevant. So the only thing that changes in this country, the only thing that we can do to change is if we actually have a Republican Party willing to use these tactics. And then once they gain power, shutting that stuff down. But who wants to give up power? The Republicans will use ballot harvesting and then they'll say, that was easy. Let's keep doing it. And the system will continue to erode. And here we are. We've got everything is racist. We've got morbidly obese models. We have mall stores torrid for the morbidly obese. Like I got no beef if you want to eat to your heart's content. The market will provide, I suppose. But I'm saying it's just bad for us as a, as a civilization. The end result, you know, a president who can't tell people apart, Mr. Magoon about is a president who accidentally presses the launch button. Yeah, I hope. I hope things get better. I hope we find our way out through this. But I'm just not entirely convinced that we will. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. What I think is going to happen, I think, is confidence in the system is breaking down. I think we, you and I, will probably find our way. And the night is always darkest before the dawn, so things will get bad, but we'll be all right. It's just, I kind of want things to stay good. I want to be able to keep watching, you know, Game of Thrones or whatever it is you kids are watching these days. Play some Overwatch 2, running around, healing, and team up, team shoot up video games. It's a crazy thought, man. You should really play, if you, if you guys are into video games, Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West. Because these, they explore these ideas of what a civilization would be like after the collapse of humanity. And, and, I, and I find it fascinating. The things we take for granted today. Yo, the Roman Empire had indoor plumbing. You'd walk in your house, you'd take a dump and flush it away. And then after the empire fell for like a thousand years, they would just take a dump and chuck it out the window. How does it happen? Humans knew how to do this stuff. 
It's because the system broke. The economy fractured. You can blame Joe Biden for a lot of this, but Biden, just like Trump, is a symptom of the problem. We are a broken and dejected society inching our way towards absolute collapse. But collapse doesn't mean the end, because even after the Roman Empire, several civilizations, several empires began to emerge and the British Empire became big. The French Empire became very big. They expanded. So what happens after the fall of our our country and our empire? I don't know. It may be hundreds of years of just awful. Maybe people will take dumps in buckets and chuck them out the window. Maybe then things will just generally improve. Far be it for me to know. The one thing I can say, though, is that I fear there will be massive amounts of death. I'll leave it at that. Stick around. I got one more segment coming up in just about a a few minutes. We'll see you all then. I'm not going to leave you hanging, my friends. I can't wrap up this day's segments without some good news. You know, everything we hear, it's always bad. Things are getting worse. Things are burning down. The president's insane. People are morbidly obese. But I've got some uh, positivity, a white pill to send your way. Arkansas bill would formally classify drag performances as adult-oriented businesses and ban children from attending. Well, all right. That's good news. You know, we were recently talking to some activists here, and they were saying that if only we had legislation behind us, the police could go in and start shutting these things down and arresting these people. Well, to be completely honest, I don't think that will happen. I think the cops are weak, scared and pathetic. I think that when you know, when I hear like a skateboarder saying something like I'm too scared to speak up, what do you think a cop is saying? Cops like I know it's illegal. I know it's wrong, but I ain't doing anything about it. And that was kind of the point. The point was, with the defund the police and all the stuff we saw, was to terrify police and to and into being in a position where they will never enforce the law unless it's against you. I mean, think about it. There was that BLM protest where the guy had a shotgun. They're outside his house. This group had previously set fire to another house. He brandishes, 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 brandishes a shotgun and they call the police. The police show up. And BLM cheers for the cops. Why didn't the cops shut down the, uh, the stalking and assault and all that stuff? Because they're scared of the mob. And I warned you all that would happen. I said sooner or later, the woke mob will come to your house. They will scream and they will demand your arrest. And the police will be like, look, it is easier for us to arrest you than it is for us to deal with a mob. And so whether innocent or guilty, you're getting arrested but I don't want to be Debbie Downer. I don't want to be a negative Nancy. No, we've got some uh, good news here. Take this out from TimCast.com. They say an Arkansas bill seeks to formally classify drag performances as adult oriented business and ban children from attending them. The the legislation, Senate Bill 4-3, would also place limitations on where the shows could take place. This is is good news. Maybe I should uh, zoom in a little bit, get that text a little bit bigger for y'all. The bill adds the uh, adds the controversial shows to the description of adult oriented businesses, which also lists an adult arcade, an adult bookstore or video store, an adult cabaret, an adult live entertainment establishment, adult motion picture theater, an adult theater, a massage establishment that offers adult services, an escort agency or nude model studio. Well, all right. Sponsored by Arkansas Senator Gary Stubifield and Rep. Mary Bentley. 
The legislation also describes drag performances as when one or more performers exhibits a gender identity that is different from the performer's gender assigned at birth using clothing, makeup, or other accessories that are traditionally worn by members of and are meant to exaggerate the gender identity of the performer's opposite sex. The bill further defines a drag show as when a performer sings, lip syncs, dances, or otherwise performs before an audience of at least two persons for entertainment, whether performed for payment or not, and is intended to appeal to the prurient interest. It's destroying these kids' innocence, Stubbefield told local station 4029 News. They're no longer kids. They're seeing things they shouldn't be seeing. In Arkansas, An adult-oriented business cannot be located or take place on public property where a minor can view what the adult-oriented business is otherwise offering to the public that qualifies it as an adult-oriented business. It's prohibiting any drag queen performance in front of where minors are present. Good. Bentley told the station. Megan Tullock, director of programs and advocacy for NWA Equality, told the station that the legislation could impact venues from outdoor theaters to pride parades and argue that it would violate free speech. No, it wouldn't. You can't show porn to kids. That's illegal. Doesn't violate your free speech. You can't put up porn on a big sign and wave it around. That's not free speech. Interestingly, though, some would argue it is. I find the debate to be very, very interesting. But we have a line. And that line is some things are inappropriate and we accept them. But this is an interesting point, right? How can we assert that you cannot show images in public. That's free speech, right? What if you're a protester and your protest against government policy is specifically that porn should be readily available and legal and you want to show it? I think nonviolent civil disobedience is good. And I think that protest that comes with breaking the law comes with you being arrested. And then I think we'll leave it up to the people to figure out if they agree with you or not. And I think overwhelmingly they will not. Thus, there's challenges. I get it. Where do we draw the line? Me? I have no problem asserting morals. I will not be manipulated by the left. They're going to say Tim Pool opposes free speech because he he doesn't think that they should groom kids in public. Mm, Sorry. I believe in free speech in that you can come out and express your desire to have drag shows for kids. But to actually do the drag show for a kid is beyond just speaking your idea. I'm not going to pretend it's all easy. Quote, even having nothing to do with the youth zone that does that does include drag performance, our main stage, which is outside, has drag performers on it, and that would not be possible because it's an outdoor space that kids have access to, Tulik said. After being introduced on Monday, the bill will now head to the city, county, and local affairs committee. It is likely to pass due to the prominent majority Republicans hold in the state house and senate. One thing I find truly fascinating is to say this could mean no pride parades. Why? Is your pride parade engaging in sexually explicit activities? Well, then we got a problem, don't we? And the answer is many of them absolutely are. I remember when I was uh, a little kid, my family owned a cafe on Halstead and Waveland in Chicago. Go take a look, Halstead and Waveland. Uh, It was called Java Joe's, eventually became the Kit Kat Club. I don't know what it's called now. May still be the same thing. Uh, My mom wouldn't let me go outside during the pride parades. She'd say, stay inside. It's really fascinating. As an adult, she had no problem with it, but she didn't want us going outside. Why? People were dancing around naked and doing sexually explicit things. Now, how is that okay? I never understood that. And I always took issue with it. I'm like, look, man, my issue is the double standard. People are running around naked during pride events. You can't do that. That's against the law. Why the special treatment? I don't like it. You want to change the law, change the law. You want to ban guns, change the Constitution. 
But why do you get to assert what is or hard realization, my friends? The law is less relevant than the culture. And right now, the law, it's good, I guess. But I don't know how much it really matters, to be completely honest. Seriously. Why? You are going to have cops who refuse to enforce this because of culture. So what's the point? Now, maybe, maybe this will give them the excuse they need so they can go, okay, okay, fine, fine. We'll make some arrests. Take a look at this. Texas's population is booming, says Axios Houston. 470,000 people. Florida only gained 416. Now, as a percentage of their residents, Florida gained a larger percentage. But I don't think that matters as much. What matters is the total people. North Carolina doesn't even have a quarter. You know, just about a quarter, I suppose. A little bit more than a quarter. Okay, to be fair. Georgia doesn't. Arizona, 94. South Carolina, 89. People are fleeing these states. They're fleeing the drag stuff. They're fleeing the grooming. They're fleeing the lockdowns. But I want you to understand this. Even in Texas and in Florida, they have these all-ages drag shows. In fact, the most sexually explicit took place in Texas. And then again, in Florida. Now I know. Ron DeSantis is going after them. And good for him. He should. But it's still happening. What's the solution? The solution isn't the law. The solution is the culture. We need to build a culture rejecting all of this. I don't have the answers for you, my friends. I really, really don't. Because big tech social media is doing everything in their power to suppress our conversations, to make sure that other people can't hear ideas like this. Because they want people to grow up thinking... The grooming of kids is the only normal thing, but this is a malformation. This is a societal breakdown. Maybe they want it to happen. I, I've, I've thought that quite a bit. Maybe they want it all to come crashing down, to break apart, to fail right before our eyes. The best thing you can do then is prepare yourself. Get some chickens, get out of the cities, do what you got to do. Me, I'm going to keep standing up and fighting. And what am I doing this Saturday? Going down to D.C.'s Freedom Plaza to skate. That's it. No event, no plan, no speakers. I'm just going to be there. And I'll bring Taylor Silverman. You know Taylor Silverman, right? She was the uh, female skateboarder who uh, brought up the issue of males competing in female sports and skateboarding. We'll bring uh, Taylor with us and we'll have a session and it'll be a lot of fun. It might rain. There's a 24% chance of rain, they're saying. And if it does, I'm sorry, like we can't skate in the rain. Maybe we'll show up anyway, but there's nothing you really do if it's raining. Uh, But we'll postpone it. But I'll be there because I'm not backing down. I'm not going to sit back and watch this stuff and just cede all of this territory. I am not going to let freedom, meritocracy, honesty, logic be destroyed by a cult of psychopaths. I will not allow a Soviet style or Chinese communist style system to arise here. And it is. Maybe I can't win on my own. But if all of you show up and stand up and come skate, maybe we can. So make the trip. Come on down. Hang out with me in D.C. I don't know exactly how it will work. There may be too many people. Heck, maybe nobody even shows up. Maybe the only people that show up are Antifa, and then I just leave. Hopefully y'all show up. We have a good time, and we stand up, and we say, nah. That's simple. There's no tent. There's no speaker. There's no event. There's nothing to break down. There's nothing to chase out. It's quite literally me standing there. So people can show up, and they can complain and protest all they want, but I'll still be standing there. And guess what? Here's the best part. If, uh, some whack jobs come out and they want to protest or something like that. There's no event. I can literally just go skate anywhere else. We'll head to Shaw Skate Park. We'll head to Frederick. We'll head to, we'll head to Hagerstown. We'll just go skate. 
You can't shut down a single person walking around doing whatever they want. Nice try. I'll leave it there. Stick around. YouTube.com slash Timcast IRL tonight at 8 p.m. Live. Fun conversations. And we'll see you all then. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.